Well, Mom, there are two really good excuses I can think of that maybe you should keep in mind. For one thing, it's not really Christmas today, is it, Mom? And for another thing, it's the end of the world. The world is ending tonight at midnight, and uh, that's kept me pretty occupied lately. What would you do on your last day on Earth? This is the question Don McKellar tackles in the 1998 movie, Last Night. We don't know why the end of the world is here. It's not important to the story. McKellar uses the series of interwoven stories to examine the root of human companionship and social interaction. Do we need companionship? Is there a level of intimacy needed, or is companionship enough on its own? McKellar casts himself at the center of this film, playing a widower named Patrick. Even as the end of the world looms, Patrick is not over the death of his wife. For one brief moment, I thought you had actually forgotten your uh, tragedy. Look, I'm not complaining. You don't have to. And realize that what is one death compared to the fact in under two hours every living soul on Earth is going to evaporate. Yeah, well, I realize that. It just doesn't turn me on. The movie traces Patrick's last day, first saying goodbye to his parents and remaining family. Dripping with nostalgia, Patrick's parents are determined to pretend that it's Christmas and look to recapture the togetherness and family ties of Patrick and his sister's youth by giving items from their attic as gifts. When I was a kid, she's wrapping this old stuff up from the attic. It's like nostalgia. Patrick leaves his parents determined to spend the end of the world alone. But fate intervenes when a woman named Sandra, played by Sandra O, oh, crosses his path. Keller explores the levels of hedonism he believes would come with the end of the world, but this is largely backgrounded. The killing, stealing, and looting is chaotic background noise to reinforce questions about human connection and communication that he poses. I mean, we deserve better. I mean, even the little things, you know? Why do they always have to be shiny? Why couldn't they make a car with a nice matte finish? Well, there's something to be said for human companionship. Oh, come on. I like human beings as much as the next guy. Okay, no. In one of the funnier and more Canadian moments, Patrick's dad responds to the news of crowds looting and stealing by saying that the end of the world is a test of our values. People want to experience things, and we're all going to die anyway, so it gives us all the more reason to be civil. Now more than ever, we should be courteous, respect each other's needs. It's a test of our values. And this is a very, very Canadian apocalypse movie. Fighting, swearing, and tearing asunder the monuments of civilization. Tearing asunder. It's easy to imagine that the United States, unlike Canada, would be much more violent and terrifying. The disordered chaos in the streets largely seems car-related. Car thefts are increasingly common and groups push over buses and cars just to see what will happen. The other side of this hedonism is embodied by Patrick's friend Craig, who decides to turn the last day into a sexual odyssey. His encounters are played for laughs, and largely feel hollow and empty. Red hair, black, Chinese, blind. Sandra is trying to get back to her husband, played by body horror legend David Cronenberg. Cronenberg is less known for his many, many acting roles, which he's taken to fund his large body of directorial work. Sandra and her husband have been planning to kill each other at the moment the world ends, rather than face the potentially terrifying last moments of, well, nobody knows. At 12 o'clock, I'm asking you to shoot me. Sandra is essentially stuck in a purgatory-like state, almost comically unable to make it home and unable to reach her husband on the phone. And I think this is what stops last night from being just another romantic comedy 
set in a tragic situation. The great mass of people, looting, stealing, and even killing outside, are still a great mass, spending this last day together. The dark night of the human soul is left touched, but mostly unexplored. The central thesis, an exploration of the film, revolves around the ways in which we seek out and sometimes push away companionship in the face of tragedy. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist Forgive Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal, and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends is done touring until December 30th, but you can find all their music at neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Khan. She was a former writer for webcomics and is on social media as Flo Machina. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. Without further ado, let's get started. And the suffering shall be Canadian! <laughs> oh, oh, suffering, uh, suffering about, about this right now, you know? Oh, there's so much suffering about... <laughs> Most uh, Canadian apocalypse movie of all fucking time. One of the reasons why it works, in my humble opinion, and one of the reasons why it's very unique and often imitated or flat out ripped off, but nobody quite gets the feel exactly right. It's a very mundane apocalypse, and that's one of the reasons why uh, I lobbied hard for it to be. To who? I don't know. To, to be put in here. I just put it on the docket and nobody questions. <laughs> nice. I like this movie a lot. I said, this is a video store uh find for me like back when there were video stores like i was like oh this looks interesting i was like oh whoa crazy and i didn't know Don. (laughs) yeah well i mean i knew Mm -hmm. don mckeller i think like i had seen is like a cronenberg movie or something he's in like i knew who he was existence Uh, existence yeah yeah well he's in crimes of the future too but that came out like last year uh but but i was like huh wait wasn't it this year this is this is the worst this is the worst uh, interruption you've done yet. Yeah, this this is yeah, I'm done. It's another movie extravaganza. Needless correction, everybody. Um anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh Crimes of the Future, Don McKellar's in that too. Like, but these there's like a lot of cross-pollination with like uh people that direct, people that act, et cetera, et cetera. Him asking Cronenberg to be in this, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, frame of reference is I was like, oh, this is a cool idea. Like one of those you read the back of the box, like, oh whoa crazy like the fact that like okay that there's the end is coming but that's not like almost that that's like part of the plot obviously but it's not like the raison d'etre it's like armageddon or something where they're flying to get a bomb an asteroid or something like that and i i love the small stakes of it and that you get like these little um i i people mostly attribute to magnolia i think i'm an altman fan so i think shortcuts usually but like all these little vignettes that sort of spin together to make this larger story. And I, I think this is a, I think it's a hell of a movie. And, and I guess it's considered a Canadian indie film, uh, which is one of the reasons why it's almost impossible to find on streaming of any kind. 
but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad we're doing it. Anyway. It was it was made as a collection of ten uh, movies that are supposed to like embody what the country is that they're going for. There was like ten movies that were made by like a film company in France, and this was um, Dom Keller never directed a movie before except for a short yeah. film was asked yeah. to uh, to do one that represents Canada the same year that like uh, I think Independence Day came out. He was saying or Armageddon came out, one of the two. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one's American and one's Canadian. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you figure it out, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. So he was trying to he was trying to do uh a Canadian version of an apocalypse movie, and that definitely it's, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome, Flo, to the oh, show, hello. by the way. <clears throat> nice, done nice to meet way. most of you. One of you I've known for a very long time. Um, yeah, I like this movie a lot. Uh, I think it was up to me to choose it for this episode because I was the guest or whatever. You guys gave me some two choices. I don't even remember what the other choice was. But um, I picked this one um, just because of, I guess, um, the premise. I don't even know. <clears throat> but um, I find it very funny that this is somehow classified primarily as a rom-com. I mean, yes, there is like, That's, yeah, uh, there's a romance thread ostensibly at the center of it. You suicide know, but romance. Like, there's a suicide it, romance. Thread. It's a suicide romance. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, but that was um, interesting. Heavy. And like, it, I guess this is really early in Sandra O's career, perhaps. Really um, early, yeah. It's one of one of her one of her first films, if I remember correctly. One of her, um, and it was it was her first chance to do something I think that wasn't like a comedy. Like she was doing yeah. a, a Canadian comedy at the time on TV, and uh, Don McKellar was like, "Yeah, she could do way. I feel like she could do way more than that." I can. And Don McKellar's done a lot of TV. Uh, th there's this big cross pollination even before prestige TV with uh, Canadian filmmakers doing television shows and things along those lines. But uh, I, I agree. I don't think it's a rom com at all. I mean, I think I think there's romantic elements to it, but it's I mean, look, it's funny for someone like me because I got a very dark sense of humor. No, I mean, but it is funny. The, the yeah, whole... but it's not a comedy. You're not gonna throw it off for some belly laughs, you know? <laughs> um, no, you would not. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I think it is foremost a drama. It's definitely a people drama. Yeah. Um, and so, like, comparing calling it a romantic comedy seems like you know that meme about like the guy who's only ever seen boss baby. And then he sees him in a movie <laughs> and he goes, wow, I'm getting some real boss baby vibes out of this. This is like <laughs> that, except instead of boss baby, it was love actually. And that's why they think uh, it was yeah, a yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, <laughs> I, I thought that there was a lot, like my favorite thing about this movie was how much it utilized um, visual storytelling against um, the characters blathering on about their like personal like inner turmoil and um, yeah. how they never outright say exactly what the end of the world is and its exact nature. But I slowly started to notice that when the time uh, was being displayed on the screen, which I thought was a cute way of denoting the chapters also. Uh, but like around eight o'clock, I'm like, why hasn't the sun gone down? Yeah, oh! yeah, you're like, oh, it's the sun oh! is the problem. Okay, yeah, like, and it doesn't, it does, you didn't start off with like a news report being like the sun is going supernova, like, you know, it doesn't front load the sun, the sun has gone asunder, <laughs> and, and of course, it's the most uh east coast apocalypse because you know it's going to happen exactly at midnight, <laughs> right? Yes, at midnight. our midnight, yeah, we're going to be 3 a.m. for us, we're getting bonus time on those left coast idiots, but um. I, well, the sun um, has really, to make it all the way. The sun has to make it all the way around. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so it, it takes each time. It strikes midnight. 
Uh, Maybe the supernova is like Santa Claus and it visits every time zone at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there was a there was a, um, a a small line that like immediately seared its head, its way into my mind as soon as I was like really thinking about like the nature of this apocalypse. And I think it's um uh, McKellar's character Patrick who says at one point, "I I wish I wish I miss nighttime." Yeah, and just that, like, yeah. As, and like, as like a, yeah, yeah. It's and a so you're like, line. how long has there been no nighttime? You know? At least for and a then, few weeks, because he, he hints it when he's talking to his parents. He's like, oh, well, the looting started like three weeks ago or something. And so it seems like at least like a month ago, they found out that something's happening and then had like a month to kind of process it like you do at the yeah. end of, uh, you know, like when, when if you put yourself into... Um, what do you call it? Like, uh, you know, when someone has like cancer or whatever, they put themselves into like, uh, you know, somewhere where they just kind of keep them comfortable or whatever. It seems like humanity's, yeah, humanity's kind of given itself a uh, full, at least in Canada. I doubt that's the case in the U.S. And I, and yeah, I, feel U- like- U.S. looks like literal Mad Max. I'm sure. Well, we all know the, right? the retcon, the retcon for this movie based on today's politics would be that a lot more people would already have had access to the assisted death program before the apocalypse would strike. Yeah, <laughs> and it wouldn't just be, it wouldn't just be uh, Cronenberg going going for the assisted death program of a guy breaking into his house. I, I sexual for some reason because it's fucking Cronenberg. <laughs> I, I love Cronenberg's character in this, and then it starts off with you. You're like, "What kind of movie is this?" And like, he's literally phoning up his customers to think thank them and, to, and like just going on the list phone to the customers like you know very and that's the same kind of thing with uh you know she like he's like i'm gonna keep the uh the gas going like try to keep you guys yeah. as comfortable as possible like you know as as we kind of uh burn through this the radio is doing that too he's listening to the radio he's like these are the last and i feel like this is a very uh conan <laughs> moment because because uh he's he, when he's on the radio he's like these are my you know, top 100 songs. Don't yeah. fucking call in. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> no request. God damn it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's so good. And it's, but you kind of get a feel for like on a, on a larger scale, like that everyone has a different kind of way that they want to spend it. Right. Like, so for Cronenberg's character, as much as we might find a mind boggling working at this gas company is like his entire life. And it, like, he actually seems to have like an earnestness to um, just literally phoning up the different customers, which is kind of you know obviously it's very funny, but then like it ends up becoming like you know a, a major plot moment when like you know Sandra O's character is like you know li- trying to get a hold of her husband and like, the only message is Cronenberg about the gas, which is yeah, and it's all so she's, she's like <laughs> listening to the it's it's really sad actually she's listening to the message over and over again of she's uh, like breaks down yeah, and, and why wouldn't husband. you if you, if if it was like that close to like the end of things and you hear someone thanking you for like being a gas customer are you fucking kidding me well that's I mean that's her husband right her, the yeah, yeah. so yeah so it's yeah like that's, she's and that's also why she yeah, must she's... kill herself because if I was pregnant with Cronenberg's baby who knows what's coming out of <laughs> but I mean but I mean she's it gets reassurance which kind of is the point of his whole thing I think to go down the list and call every customer is to yeah. reassure them that everything's going to be you know the gas is going to stay on even as the world ends and in the same way she gets reassured by that message because it's her husband and then I like the line where he's like, he sounds very nice. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what you, which is like such a, such a Canadian, like aside, Right. I, and, and I get, got so much of a different vibe from Don McKellar's character than I did first time I saw it. Like, it, I feel like, especially when you see him being a dick at faux Christmas to basically everyone, 
like and, and like he just is non he like i call it uh like a non-stick acknowledgement clause where he just is like no I, I refuse to buy into this at all this is bullshit and he still happens to be there just to basically like be like throw a turd in the punch bowl but like you get the impression like oh this guy's a cock it's like oh no he's just been through like a lot of traumatic stuff and is like a little odd and and he's I think he's uh you know everyone's kind of taking his thunder which he's the one that's been through all the stuff and everyone's right. kind of having to process death for the first time and he's but like you don't know that you don't yeah. know that you're like this guy's a prick and you're like oh no he's been through hell like he's been through this horrible experience and then basically spends the entire movie like ultimately being like somewhat like altruistic although haplessly so and but like from the from that party you're just like this guy's such a prick like why is this guy such a prick i also felt i mean i felt like it was relatable i'm i'm always the person that doesn't want to buy into like all the fucking holiday shit like my family will do stuff and i'll go but i'll be like ah this this is too much. like this you guys are taking this too far it's not really christmas it's like some day that you guys are just set aside for this yeah but i, I wanted to i wanted to throw or on i'm uh, like children no it's too early go back to bed <laughs> this is this is don mckellar on on why he wrote this and i found it kind of uh fascinating after watching it it made me appreciate it more don mckellar is an actor writer and director and tonight we'll talk to him about being all three on his classic film last night Welcome, Don. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. I'm so glad it's a classic. It's a classic. It's officially a classic. And it really, I mean, it really holds up. I had so much fun watching it again. Oh, good. Um, so in 1989, you started working. You were a writer. You're an actor. But it wasn't really until this film that you decided to step behind the camera as a director. Why did you decide to do that? Well, well even before that, I'd been acting. Uh, I'd had a theater company, a sort of experimental theater company. I'd done a fair bit, and then I founded my own called the Augusta Company. And in that company, we acted, and we all, there were three of us, we all acted and wrote and directed. So I had been doing that a bit. I just hadn't been doing it in film. Mm -hmm. um, I'd written films, and I'd acted in films. Uh, and then this, actually this French company, Oecor, through Arte, asked me well that's not true even before that i'd done a short film before that uh i i had gone to the film center that's really what it was because i thought i thought i i was working in film but i wasn't able to do i wanted to do more like i had in theater to mm. encompass all my uh stuff so i went to the film center in the directing program mm. so i'd be able to direct and i directed a short film which was immediately before this, which was called Blue, starred also um, David Cronenberg and Tracy Wright. Hmm. And that got some attention. And then in France, uh, it, it was in written up in the Cahiers de Cinema and things like that. So the, the French producers asked me to do a longer version because this film, this is the, re the long, this is your first <laughs> question. And it's going on and on for 10 minutes. So, uh, so, the, so, the magic of television. So, so, so um, so they uh, they were doing a series called uh, De Mille Vous Par. It was about the turning of the millennium. Mm. And they were commissioning 10 films from 10 countries mm. uh, about the turning of the millennium. And they asked me to represent Canada. And they were supposed to be young filmmakers, you know, visions of, of the coming millennium or something like that. So uh, based on my short film, they asked me to direct a feature. And actually, they even suggested that I play a lead because at that time I was more known as a, an actor hmm. certainly than as a director hmm. um, so it's such fun. an interesting choice for the millennium I mean other other apocalyptic 
apocalyptic movies came out we'll in the same year. We'll have to do that year. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just go back and do it again. It's the director. Just... <laughs> the, director is, the director is with me, everyone. Okay. Um, a couple of other apocalyptic movies came out that year. Yours is the most gentle apocalypse. Um, what were you thinking when you wrote this? I mean, is there a, is there a reason that you wanted to choose this approach? I mean, I, I, I haven't, I hadn't, of course, seen the apocalyptic films that came out that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were probably being made at the same time as mine. But I, I was responding in a way to uh, I can't no, I always forget which is which. Was was Armageddon or Independence Day? One of those had already come out. Mm. Uh, that kind of movie, right. uh, the kind of movie where the world is threatened by some massive disaster, and then basically American saves it, <laughs> or America one American, it. Chris Willis, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or someone like that is sent into space, and and they solve it. Mm-hmm. And um, I had always thought that in Canada we just wouldn't have that option. I don't know anyone with spaceship. There's <laughs> no Canadian Bruce Willis. And so we would just have to deal with it. I, I, I mean... You didn't see yourself as the Canadian Bruce Willis? You didn't <laughs> no, think you could step in there? No, and if I was, I would be pretty inept. So <laughs> that would be sad for the country and the world. So uh, I, I thought the vast majority of the world would have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And in, in fact, the vast majority of Americans would, would have to deal with it and would have no control. And that would be a, that to me is a much bigger issue. It seems to me if you, if you are able to stop the end of the world, then you certainly should, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that, you know, then that's your obligation to go out there and stop it. But mm-hmm. if you don't have any nuclear warheads or, or access to, you know, scientists mm-hmm. or those hackers who can always solve things. NASA. Yeah, yeah. NASA. Then, then you have to deal with it. And then of course, it, it's a question of it becomes a bigger existential kind of metaphor for mm-hmm. dealing with death and life and and what <laughs> and what <laughs> <laughs> this is the secret to my <laughs> um i i like i like that the last movie we talked about was 12 monkeys though which is you know bruce willis absolutely does not save anything and that's <laughs> doesn't even save his own sanity. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a funny. It's a funny. Uh, you know, comparison there. Um, but I think it's an it's it's an apropos comparison because if you think about like think about movies that we were choosing to cover for this one, like and I mean, at, at no point ever were we like, yeah, let's do Independence Day or let's do like Armageddon because first of all, Armageddon blows. Sorry. Even if it's not the Criterion Collection, I don't care. I know, like Armageddon. I would like to close my eyes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Teasley from Manorashman still is threatening to send me a copy of the Criterion edition of Armageddon. Oh no! Which I'm like, please don't do that. But every time somebody says the word the Armageddon, Criterion I think of him. edition. I know. Isn't uh, that amazing? That fucking movie. For it's uh, it's 4K Armageddon. You know, it's uh. <laughs> But it doesn't like this isn't that kind of movie. And that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm so glad we're covering it, because like it's it's again, it's it's I would even know. say that watching the um shitty YouTube rip that one of us found enhanced it, enhanced the experience completely. It made it feel I'm not even being ironic, one percent. This yeah. watching it on the shitty YouTube rip felt like as close as I was getting to popping in 
a VHS from the like, fucking rental store. Yeah, yeah, that's like been like well worn. Yeah, <laughs> well, well right? loved. It's, it's that nice 240p, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Of, uh... Well, I mean, it was digital again, right? Like, like this was yeah, one of those yeah. early digital uh, things. So, so it looked like uh, um, uh, that that uh, third that zombie movie we watched. You know, the one with the British people. Oh, that one. But I ended up putting twenty eight days later screen, is what you're though. thinking of, Andy. Yeah. I ended yes, up putting it on my yes. big screen though, so it blew up and got all shitty again. Just the way right. we wanted to blow up. <laughs> That's good. Well, yeah. you know, in Canada, they're they're not going to do anything about it. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just going to uh, let what it. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. oh, we are. Oh, we are. We're going. We can't even stop going to fucking bars. We're going to handle this shit. No, no. This movie is the most correct depiction of the end of the world anyone has ever had because we're living in it. This thing that they're doing right yeah. now, we're living in it right. Fucking now, we're on the cusp. We're in the couple of months that they're alluding to. If we don't fucking get this shit in order, sorry to yeah, take you to like a really a weird and dark, more place, like but... you know, like a few decades or something. <laughs> that you know, because the, the the more time there is, the more normalized everything is, and that's like kind of the point that like Don't Look Up was making, pretty much. Like the the more time is out there, the more time that you have to possibly fix things and then not fix things. Like yeah. the, the less people actually re react to it at all. Yeah, where you can just decide it's Christmas, where you can just fucking do your goddamn. I I think like there was there was a, a like a, a Kafka ness to this, not to be not to be that girl, but to, there was a Kafka ness to this that I really appreciated about the about Cronenberg's character still doing his job, sending all those voicemails and having like a legitimate satisfaction, and then of course the um the lady that he worked with, yeah, who had like the opposite experience. Um, and where she goes to find Craig. Yeah, I know. Isn't that great? So first oh. of all, she like she like does the big reveal that like at six o'clock every day she has a little drinky drink. Oh, crazy! Ooh. Well, and, it keeps her I, it keeps her sane when she's you know focusing on answering but calls. She's the about one the choosing to be at work, <laughs> choosing to be at work, and we find out that one of the reasons why she doesn't have anybody, and in fact, she's a virgin. And how we've gotten twenty seven minutes of this episode and, and and not mentioned uh, Craig's whole deal, like uh, Colin Keith Rennie's character is like. What does he do when it's like the okay, like it's all lights are going off? He's like, okay, here's all this sex stuff I haven't done that I want to do. Let mm. me write. Let me just write and, it and all down. To, you have to assume that he's probably not. He's probably not like a virgin, but he's probably like a guy that doesn't get laid very often. And he's like, no, this is it. I'm doing do all this. of these things. I'm gonna have sex with a black girl. I'm gonna have sex with an Asian girl. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try anal. I'm gonna try to fuck my guy friend. That you know, he's he just has got it. Like I mean. I guess respect the hustle, but that's one of the things that, like, for me, uh, elevated this movie to be like, oh, this is this is interesting. This is special, just because it was like, yeah, because there would be, you know, there would be people that would be doing that, right? Yeah, and you're not going to see that. Like, you're not going to see that in like a, a, a freaking Armageddon like deleted scene. Yes. <laughs> and this is and this is when teacher. This is right. when you had to like put the notice up on like uh you know on like some forum somewhere. And, like, <laughs> exactly. you know, it's not even it's pre-Craigslist even. Yeah. Like there's it's not even like casual encounters. It's like, like, hey, like here's, I, I'm sure I'm sure Tinder here's my Netscape be... homepage. <laughs> Follow the web link so we can get down to crazy hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I really enjoy have one Craig's of those character. counters that like it's it's just like this, the fuck <laughs> counter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I really enjoyed Craig's Sorry, character. I really enjoyed uh, the whole arc. <laughs> and like, I, I have so much to say about Craig's character. Um, I had one really, really, really important joke to make about the uh, the wall of the categories and, you know, the, the, the Pornhub mm. tags up there or whatever. And I, I'm looking all over this wall. I'm scouring it. And I and I'm like, my first reaction is, oh, my God, thank God. Trans girl isn't on there. Oh, <laughs> and then, and then, about like five seconds later, I'm like, "Hey, what the fuck?" It's both. It's both uh, problematic. Like, like it's problematic that you know that a trans girl isn't on the list, and it's also yeah. uh, you know. But then also, like, you know, hey, why is it? <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, I, I, I had a really Seinfeld like reaction to that. Why, why aren't we on there? Yeah, <laughs> goddamn it! <laughs> I want to be on there, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> like, be like, thank God, but also, how dare you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That was exactly. Um, I um also thought like so hard about like um his character and the way his arc ends, and like, we're, are, are we cool to discuss that? Like, this is obviously a spoiler television. Yeah, show, I mean, right? like, yeah, most people don't know this movie exists, so I mean, right. spoilers. So, away. um. <laughs> Yeah, I literally had the spoiler in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't know at this point, I don't know why. I, I um, I, I've been I've been queer for much longer than I've been trans, so I've had a moment like that where I have like confessed like some sort of feelings to like my straight male friend or whatever, and so that was like a really painfully relatable moment for me in that thing, and also for him to be rejected, which is also the painfully relatable moment, and. I, it's like, Craig is such an interesting character because he has, I didn't have my opinion change about a character so many times throughout the narrative as I did with Craig. Because in that first one, he seems like lovably pathetic almost yeah. in that encounter. And that second one, you're just like, oh, he's really just going for it, huh? And then like, <laughs> also, I love, you know, what we can I don't talk think those about. things are mutually exclusive, to be clear. I, I yeah, mean, no. Um, <laughs> and then finally, when he gets to his, uh, when he, when he, you know, Patrick is there and he sees the opportunity to, to, you know, have sex with a guy, which I'm also like, you know, it's not that hard, but, uh, <laughs> when he sees opportunity or the only man he's comfortable with asking that for, and he's shot down and he sits down shot and he has down. a cigarette and it's like, oh my God, honey, you failed. Yeah. <laughs> you failed your mission. You will not complete your list now. And Yo, I felt Craig's gonna so love when he hears about. Him. He's gonna love when he hears about Grinder. Just some dudes. Well, yeah, but like like he asked like the one guy who's not interested in a last minute casual hookup for the lights go off, right? Like, yeah. it, it, and he should he should have known that though. He, he should have like yeah, that. exactly. He should have known that, and he should have known that he that Patrick would not have been impressed by his fucking wall either. <laughs> but like. Um, the weirdest thing to show somebody. Like, also, the way he, he was presented, he kind of presented to him like a serial killer. Like he's just yeah, watching he him look at well, it. And, like, it like of... I was expecting killer. corpses. In those first two encounters with the with the you know the coworker's friend and then the um, teacher, um, in those both two encounters, we see him slink. I mean, S L I N K, fucking slink into that room, and then come out. What is he up to? Yeah, Yeah. and then you find out, and you're like, "Fuck, Mm. (laughs) that's bad." Actually, like maybe it would have been better if you were a serial killer. Some of the stuff you have on this wall, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, I I will say this though: Uh, the teacher. um, I don't know if you know this, but she was originally cast to play Janeway on uh, Star Trek Voyager. 
And they, they, uh, she left after a couple of days because she's a, she, she's used to doing movies. Oh, uh, yeah. and she, she's a known actress. I know. Yeah, that. she, she had an she's... Academy Award at that point. Uh, yeah. it's just she not really wasn't used to t- uh, television or the schedule. And right. honestly, like, like I hate to say this, like, like, uh, you know, she's she's a good actor, and I'm not ever gonna diss she's her. But, but, uh, like Jane Way, the the person who replaced her there, um, yeah. She Kate she she Mulgrew. came in like a boss, Kate Milgrew. Yes, yeah, and, and just really <laughs> owned like you know absolute uh, queen there. Uh, you know to, to you know unlike unlike what um, uh, I think our name's uh Josephine Bejeweled. I think her Gen- name was Genevieve Bejeweled. It looks she, like. she is absolutely perfect in the role of like the former French teacher. Yes, uh, which is which is so fantastic on so many levels uh, and, and but... donald keller talks about that i mean later on in the interview when he's talking about casting it he's oh, like nice. no th- this is like this is like the most french teacher uh you know the most french professor um like actress i could possibly think of like if you had an old french professor that was like teaching you like that's that's yeah. who it would be absolutely <laughs> well and then you and you <laughs> i love that like it's not just his his teacher it's like both of theirs so like like when Dom Keller's character is there, he's like, "It's like what the like? Like why are you when here?" Like, oh, you were. Mm. <laughs> That's so amazing! It's so amazing. And he like totally freezes too when he's he, like. <laughs> we should also talk about uh, Sarah Polly that plays the the sister. Um, she's Polly's like a, yeah, she's like an Academy Award winning uh, filmmaker now. Mm. Um, Sarah Polly's like done a f- yeah. He's he's had an amazing career. She probably had the most amazing career of anyone here that isn't named Cronenberg or Chandra O. Frankly, she um <laughs> she just she just interviewed uh Francis Ford Coppola, who I always forget is still alive, still very much alive. But she she yeah. just interviewed him for that like uh directors on directors thing. Um, that you know that when two directors go back and forth for their whole career or whatever. Yeah, she just did that like two days ago. A long long way from acting and go right. Oh yeah! Oh my I God, no! That. <laughs> <laughs> that that was uh, one of her first movies, and, and she was in the uh, the movie that they called Dawn of the Dead that Zack Snyder directed. That would be better if it was called literally anything other than that. Oh God, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she, she's saying we're at the ball with zombies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would have been fine with that title, but like, you don't call you don't call yourself after I don't know. I I, I got thoughts. We talked about that like. I think every episode zombie monks. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, we really, we really did. I fucking, I like, I just, it makes me so mad. Cause Dawn of the dead, the real Dawn of the dead is like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> Still mm-hmm. mad. Uh, continue so, to no, mad. you don't say. But Sarah Polly's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this, is, this is the continuation of, uh, you know, this is the continuation of, of Don McKellar talking about why he feels like it's so Canadian. Um, yeah. And I, I thought this was uh, pretty funny because he did use the Bruce Willis thing. And apparently, like, really, it really stuck with him. <laughs> that was my particular Canadian take because, like I said, I was asked to represent Canada. Right. And so I thought I, I did. It did make me think I better make something very Canadian. So hmm. uh, very close to home, shoot it at home mm-hmm. with a Canadian type of protagonist. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was in the back of my head a bit. And I thought of it as being sort of a satire of the Canadian protagonist, but also a validation. So how are you defining Canadian there? Put, put, tell me, elaborate on that a little bit. Well, I, I think I just mean historically the kind of protagonist mm-hmm. we have, which is usually more authorial or uh, contemplative hmm. or removed even hmm. or forced to be removed or put upon. Hmm. Um, I, I, that's 
maybe it's more of a literary hmm. protagonist hmm. than hmm. than a cinematic one. Although right. there's lots of cinematic examples too. We have these repu reputation as being observers. Observers, or, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we're a big country next to America, just sort of watching it. Yeah. With some distance. Right. Um, with some critical distance. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I, I guess that's what I meant as a protagonist, but also uh, as a Canadian protagonist. Also, I just, I mean, I was really literally drawing on the people I knew and my family and myself because, because it was my first film mm -hmm. and I was asked to represent Canada. I said, well, I better make it personal. Hmm. And it's also funny. It's uh, funny. That's yeah. another Canadian aspect. I always thought uh, those films that I was sort of referring to, the, uh, the big American films are notable for their earnestness mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. sort of ludicrous er earnestness. Mm -hmm. uh, and also the sort of callousness. Mm -hmm. I always say, I remember in one of those films, I can't remember which, they said in some off-screen, well, it wasn't off-screen, I think it was some news broadcaster said, and uh, Western Canada is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, they just mentioned it in passing, and I yeah. thought, oh, well, that's, yeah. that's France that's is bad. gone. That's, yeah. <laughs> and they did say, France is gone, too, and France is gone. <laughs> that's Eiffel Tower, and think, oh, well, actually, France, for whatever you say, you know, it's yeah. sad if yeah. we lose them all. Yeah, we really should. And then at the end, they celebrated as if, it, as if it's not by far the worst disaster ever to befall humanity. Mm -hmm. But Bruce Willis' yeah, family but at least got out. saved, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> I like that. I like that he uh, he's trying to be real magnanimous about not um, being too hard on America. In that he's like, you know, there are neighbors, and we look at her from a distance, a critical, a critical distance. It's it's 2017 when that video was uh, put out too, so you have to assume it's going to be some like. Real critical distance. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, think about what was going on, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, again, we've already talked about, like, you know, the vibes on this. But, I mean, the vibe, it, this is a, this is the, one of the reasons why this movie succeeds where a movie like Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, like, kind of flounders a little bit. is like, it, it keeps the vibe perfect the entire way. It, it never gets too, like... <laughs> you know, Hallmark movie or like schmaltzy, but it never gets too dire either. Like it drags it's, sometimes though. It, it does drag a little bit, but like it's not, they're not going to the explosions factory. They're figuring out how to spend their last hours. And like the fact that there's like basically like an hour and a half or so where he's just kind of milling around, doesn't really know what to do. I mean, that, that, that would be a thing, right? So. Yeah, and and the fact that you know for for most of it he's just like I want to be by like I'm gonna be by myself like it's very re relatable to feel like uh yeah. you know like just this vibe of like look I'm I'm kind of miserable as it is like why not spend this, these last hours by yourself and then shit just keeps happening and he's like oh well I guess I gotta go you know help her find her husband or we'll help find her. a car and, like yeah and you know there's a small part of everyone's mind that's like well at least I'm I'm getting to do stuff and like you know taking my mind off of it yeah. or whatever and that's why he jumps at the chance to help her. But like, you know, both of those strains of thought, I think, are pretty relatable. Well, and speaking of the, the car thing of like just like literally trying to get her across town. Right. Like, I, I love the fact that they, they go to Calum Keith Rennie's house to to go like borrow his car. And he's like super reticent about it. It's like, what are you do? What are you going to use it for? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're you're busy with your fucking right now. Like, I mean, he was he was kind of right though because the second she took it out, somebody oh, smashed it. Yeah, yeah, 
absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that, that really depreciates its value for resale later. Right, Jesus right. I mean, maybe he had Roadhead on there. <laughs> on his list. Nah, he, he did. Well, he he definitely did Roadhead already. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the, I, I liked it also the sister, uh, when they're driving past because it's the you know, the sister's boyfriend that tries to help her when yeah. the guy is, um, yeah, know, yeah, that like, hit, like hits him with the shovel or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and and I like that, uh, he goes back and he's talking to her and like you talk to the sister and he's like, oh, you know, uh, I thought that was my friend, like my brother's friend's car, like he collects cars like that, and yeah. there's like a throwaway line, so you're like, yeah, so that guy in that in that car, we're like, you know. Like he he's known as that that kind and of. Even there, guy Toronto like, is that small. I, I mean, it's a big city, but but like yeah. really, you, you you trip over people. Well, and I, but I like, the, but that goes back to the whole shortcuts slash magnolia of it all of like everything being kind of interconnected, everybody kind of interweaving and and having like the. Um, by the way, uh, forty one minutes in, haven't mentioned the fact that Randy Bachman's holding a guitar clinic of Bachman Turner Overdrive, everybody. So like he spends his last days showing up without a play, like taking care mm-hmm. of business, which is amazing, and it's and it's like such a the, small uh, thing. But I, I like that the guy says. Good song. And it's after after he uh disapprovingly, <laughs> very disapprovingly is like, and they've torn our, our monuments and all the things of society asunder. And yeah, it's like in, in lighter news. <laughs> yeah, classic like news guy vibes, right? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like perfect. Oh yeah, good song. Cool. Yeah, nobody needed your approval for that, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, but like you get like little glimpses of like the world outside of like the primary characters of that, and, and but you don't. It doesn't go out of its way to explain to you like what everybody is up to. It leaves it kind of mysterious. Like I mean, and you have certain characters like you know the. the, the, the <laughs> That one woman that's like running around, it looks like she would be like the uh, um, the harbinger if it was like a horror movie, right? The, like, yeah, she's like, and it's like, what is she up to? What's her whole deal? Like, what's I, what's and I think she's just a, Can- a homeless Canadian person because I'm pretty I, sure I, I saw her one of the times I was in Canada. Uh, like, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I did spend some extra time in Toronto because my car broke down once, and uh, uh, it was a weird experience. Well, yeah, because people in Toronto can't stop, was, uh, wow. can't stop hitting cars with golf clubs. So yeah, yeah so did you get insulted with golf clubs when you were? <laughs> no, no, I just oh, well, uh, I turned down a, uh, the the um, uh, wrong four lanes of an eight lane road, um, which like you do, and oh, well, uh, that'll that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I blew out something, and then the next day my car wouldn't start. So uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it had something to do with it. But uh, I did do an amazing thing where I drove backwards for several blocks, uh, and then spun <laughs> my car 360 degrees around the monument. Which I don't ask me to do that in real life, but somehow I did that. I was just about to ask you. Yeah, like <laughs> one of those things, like you, you know, you do, and you're just like, how the hell did I just do that? I need a. I need to get a. Just like this show. Yeah, I need exactly. to get a uh, a lo- like a logo for the side that says Andy explains with like a star like the the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> Andy explains. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I think that it's uh I, I like I like that pretty much all of the violence that isn't you know the kind of disturbing Cronenberg getting shot because of course you have to kill off Cronenberg if you're doing a movie with right. him. You have like, to give David Cronenberg the most gruesome death in the fucking movie. <laughs> it's in his contract. It's it, it's not a Canadian movie, otherwise. I guess the only way to make it more Canadian is if the uh you know the Canadian government paid to you know show Cronenberg doing something incredibly uh grotesque. But um, I, yeah, I'm just I, still waiting for his death in Star Trek. I can't wait to see how he goes out. 
His character in Discovery is great, because but but it's, it's been like two seasons of feels like two seasons of like what is that guy up to? Like what's he doing? Yeah, well, he's just it's there. It's but I like how pretty much all of the violence is um, like car related. Like it, it's yeah, yeah, it, it's like property damage. Or... Like yeah. they flip the 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 um the streetcar right. Like Toronto is especially then was like known for the streetcars. Mm -hmm. It's a great public transit system, unlike this country, and. Uh, and but like that's as rough as it gets. But it's crazy because remember in the streetcar, there's like the woman and her daughter that are just like, we're gonna. This is where we're yeah. gonna sit. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait this out into the world in this streetcar for some reason for reasons unknown. Yeah, we're gonna be good. I ran it under the tap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole but world. then, but then like the people are like, hey. Let's just let's just push this over. But it isn't like anybody saying, "Hey, let's push this over to somebody to start doing it." Someone else is like, "Oh, good idea. Let's let's wreck." And the one guy's having like a existential crisis in there, and like yeah. wants to stay in there as it gets tipped over, which doesn't seem like it would kill you. It just seems like that would just fucking hurt. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could, you'd get torn asunder. But that's about as rough as it gets. On the fact that there's some deeply like implied rapey overtones towards Sandro's character when it's when from that group that uh, yeah. Uh, Sarah Polly's boyfriend, you know, scared the away. shoveler. The shoveler. Well, and and I like that they uh they point out that the um they point out that it's kind of gone. Toronto's newest superhero, the shovel. <laughs> they uh they kind of they point out that it's kind of gone um backwards with the violence. Like you know the the dad when he's sitting there is like you know it was it was a lot worse the uh the first couple weeks we found out and then you know now things have calmed down a little bit and I think that is how violence would go. You know, I don't think the violence would yeah. ramp up as time went on. I think, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, everyone would kind of get more metaphorical about. They, they just tucker themselves out of all the, yeah. all the killing and maiming. Well, after a point, you would have broken all the good shit already. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> There's only lame stuff left to break. That, that, that's why that wine was so bad at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, we it also... is wine. Yeah, it is wine that she just kind of swiped off the the thing and was like, oh, I, I guess this wine. Well, she had two bottles to choose from. She she chose wisely. That's how I feel about this stuff. Isn't my normal stuff? But I was like, whatever, it'll do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> but then you walked right out of the store with it to find your car was gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very surprising. Uh, I, I also love. I mean, I love that you do get glimpses of like how people choose to spend their time, though. Like you get like you know the 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 parents and like the parent adjacent people are like, let's get our prey on, which I guess if you're deeply religious, that would be a thing maybe you want to do, you know, yeah, whereas yeah. someone I mean, you, know, you would find be like, comfort where you can. Sure. And of course I'm sitting like chumps, but you know, whatever, that's me. And I'm an asshole, <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. Like, you know, you like they're, they're walking the walk, they're walking the walk their way. That's how they want to spend it. Okay. You know, like just like, we'll have like the faux Christmas and you can, you know, pray to your pretend God. And uh, yeah, all that works out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, like, like it's because uh, remember also, um, uh, you know, um, uh, the friend there, his uh, his stepmom uh, invite you know invited him to go to her prayer group uh, yeah. because they, they sounds they were great for like yeah, <laughs> like, like the stepmom that he doesn't want to have anything to do with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds good. Yeah, what a treat. Yeah, just what I want to hear before sex. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll get, I'll get right on that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's on his list. Who knows? Uh, yeah. did, is that true? Did Jack Black star in an Atari Pitfall commercial? That's the entire story, honestly. Jack Black yeah, star there's in Atari Pitfall explain. It I was, mean, it was cool. That was in Bob Roberts as one of his first roles. It, we know that. We covered that movie, more or less. Yeah, we do. We, we know that. Yeah. Now, now uh, speaking of roles. I have a list, and it says things we know. 
things and, made uh, up. The first, the first one that I, the first one I checked off is you know I know now that uh, Jack Black starred in Bob Roberts is one of his first there roles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you know exactly because uh, uh, you know uh, Callum Keith Rennie. Uh, did I say his name right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I always I always screw it up somehow. So. But anyways, um, how did y'all first discover you, him? How, how often have you I remember it? him on... Uh... <laughs> I was going to say, do you call him often? I mean, like, like I don't understand where you'd say his name, but whatever. I was yeah, no, him. no. But, like, uh, I remember him on uh, Do South. I don't know if y'all remember that show. Uh, I don't. I, I know I know Twitch City, and I, I really know Battlestar Galactica as well. Okay, because before that, there was this uh, cop show that showed in America. And they had uh, an American partner for, uh, you know, for, for this Canadian Mountie in Chicago. Uh, for the first two seasons, and the show was Canadian fine. Mountie in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, he had a deaf wolf. It, it was it was this weird little uh, comedy. Uh, I I will tell you, like like if you if you uh, really want to see some great episodes, track down the Leslie Nielsen ep- uh, guest starring episodes. Those are great. But uh, basically, uh, after season three. Um, it was canceled in, in uh, the U.S. after the second season. So they lost all the U.S. cast. And so they recast everybody. You know, they didn't actually recast anybody, but they, they actually rewrote the character. So, like, they, they brought him in. They, the original guy was like this little Italian guy who was balding, mm-hmm. who was this American. And then they hey, bring I could have played that role. Yeah. <laughs> played by Forrest Miller. They bring in <laughs> Kelly Keith Renum, uh, Rennie as, the, uh, as Ray. And, it, and like um, everybody, nobody notices the difference between the two characters. Mm, and, and, um, and, and he's just except for except for the main character. And finally, you find out that the, that Ray is so deep undercover that that uh, he can't reveal it. So they put this guy in there, and nobody noticed the difference. Which <laughs> is just nuts. Yeah. Where his sister's like, "Why is my brother hot all of a sudden?" <laughs> so you know, the question people are asking more and more. Yes. Which he could have checked off from his list. Yeah, I was going to say, why does my brother keep making these weird lists? Oh. <laughs> See, here we go. Brought it right back to the movie. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You got, you got back there. Nobody knew where you were going, but you eventually got back home. That's all that matters. <laughs> There's this show. There's this show. It's called, you know, it's on It's on Canadian TV. It's on Canadian TV. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they recast it. Uh, American jobs getting taken by Canadian actors. Good paying jobs, too. <laughs> uh, Twitch City, which, by the way, is on topic, because Don McKellar uh, not only directed it, but started in it um uh, bruce mcculloch and i think kevin from kids in the halls and that um the i can't remember her name she's in deadwood she's like the the um seth bullock's paramour if you will the the widow um i can't remember the actress's name she's great it's 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 really it's a pretty funny show i don't think it's streaming anywhere you have to like buy the dvd or something but it's akin to spaced by um uh edgar wright which we talked about when we did a uh yeah Shaun of the, the dead. dead Shaun of the dead which uh edgar wright is a huge fan of this movie and um and actually cast don mckellar mm. in scott pilgrim versus the world and i didn't even notice until i until i you know well yeah, I, he's I read the director. About it, but he's, 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 he's yeah. the director of uh uh um what's his face chris, chris evans. uh chris, chris. chris evans hilarious yeah. pro skater actor movie uh which is like like one of my favorite bits in Scott Pilgrim is like just all of the posters for his fake movies, which are just utterly ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he's um, that's that's right. That actually is very much on topic. So do you have that for um, us? But, no, I that, so uh, well, I, I have the tweets. I think I'll find them. But um, yeah, so he cast him in that because he, he's a big fan uh, of last night. He likes the yeah. movie. Yeah. And and he, he was feeling about uh, that's the Toronto. tweet. Them tweet. 
<laughs> Which I mean, it, like, makes sense, right? Like, it, it's it's very much. It seems. It, I mean, it's a cool movie, and it's the kind of movie that, like, if you're someone that uh, digs for films, have you ever paid attention to uh, Edgar Wright has this like um, this expansive list uh, by uh, of just like uh, like movies that he loves that are like underrated or whatever, and it's like like a thousand of them or something, and like I've seen maybe ten percent of them, but like he's just like an avid film goer, right? So, Is it a letterbox list? It is a letterbox list, yeah. Excellent. So he says uh, he ended up in Scott Pilgrim versus the World because um, it was pretty simple. I loved last night. I had mentioned it while doing press for Sean in Toronto. Next time I'm there for Land of the Dead, which we watched that video of them there for that. Uh, Bro, Donald you need to go Josh night mode for this shit. This is this is too much. <laughs> we, we become well. My my regular Twitter's on night mode. This one's just not. Uh, we become pals. Um, I give him a little director cameo in Scott Pilgrim. Love him. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, he like he like randomly uh, tweeted this, or I think randomly tweeted this out. I mean, like it doesn't surprise me at all. But like, yeah, like he's. But again, that and that goes back to well, especially with like that. I, I, don't know, I think they call them like Canadian. I don't know, new school Canadian uh, new wave. I don't know what they call, but there's there's some kind of word for that whole crew of people that they that they. That most of them actually find aggressively disdainful, but the Toronto New Wave. Uh, that yeah, they're all in each other's films. They take turns like acting, doing stuff. So like a natural progression to have like someone like an Edgar Wright that even though he doesn't like live in Toronto to like fully get like what they're doing and you know be like, hey, come come have this hilarious part in this you know, which is great. I mean, like he doesn't do that much in it because of course the whole the whole point is like how ridiculous uh, Chris's character is, but uh, you know. Don yeah. a good actor. He's actually more like I feel like other than this movie, he doesn't have like a, a film that most people like a break. He doesn't have a breakout film, right? Like he's he's got like, but he's been in like he's been in movies that are like pretty well regarded, like sometimes in like actually pretty decent roles. But and that's yeah. similar to what <clears throat> it's similar to what Cronenberg uh, does to like finance his yep. own films. Yep. You know, he takes a role in pretty much anything anyone offers him. <laughs> Yeah, he's not super so as an actor, he's not super selective at all. Yeah, like I don't mean that as an insult. I'm just it's just like he's just, he's just like cool, yeah, like pays money. All right, and there. So he was in Don McKellar's original um short film that he did based like you know, that he turned into this film. Uh yep. he had a short film called Blue that it was um Cronenberg and I don't remember who the other person was, but um yeah. Yeah, and it's uh you know, like it's you know, existence is like one of the weirder Cronenberg movies but like you know he's got a pretty big he's like one of the principal roles in that like that's 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 yeah. pretty good like with and, like you know, Jennifer Jason Lee that. right but that's who's in that if I remember it's been a while yeah same here but but it is one of uh Cronenberg's underrated films yeah as opposed to uh I'm just saying now I was gonna say opposed to Crimes of the Future which is wildly overrated thank you <laughs> didn't care for it Damn, <laughs> he's he's in that one too, right? He's he has a role. He's uh, got a role in that also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in uh, Don McKellar was in was was in that, and that's uh, yeah. It's on. Yeah, I got thoughts about that. I got nothing nice to say. Just like I, every single time I see it, uh, you know, like oh, I should watch that, but uh, it's too nah. late. It's too late at night. I need something stupid, so I'll just put on Underworld or some dumbass shit like that. <laughs> it's it's got some cool visuals and like there's parts of it that are cool, but it's 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 mid grade Cronenberg at best. And like, and I think people that are giving it credit are the same people that like grade on it, 
really aggressive uh, sliding scale for horror movies where they're like, really, that's a four star movie. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> anyway, thank you. Um, I, I think it's interesting. The Brood is a good Cronenberg movie. Uh, yeah. And that's the one that Don McKellar says he's most inspired by, um, like as a young filmmaker or something. And they're like, they're like good. Like they're more than just collaborators. They actually like hang out and stuff. Like there's yeah, like, I think like, they're like buds, right? They're, yeah. They have like, yeah. I love it. Wait, wait, I, I'm looking, looking at uh, Don McKellar's uh, uh, IMDb list and he did a Ayn Rand movie with uh, Helen Mirren as Ayn Rand. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Would not Eric watch. Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a movie about how much she sucks yeah, maybe it's just like one big long diss track Ayn Rand sucks shit yeah it's all about her banging younger men that that's apparently what the script is she had that on her wall I don't know let's say it's <laughs> <laughs> um I I would I would watch it if I was a film critic just to be like Atlas shrugged and so did I <laughs> all right back to, back to the last night though which like I, I this may be the only time this movie's ever been discussed on a movie show uh so I yeah. outside of service by not yeah exactly outside of literally the one you clipped uh yeah i, I think this this film was very successful what it tries to do and i think the the long drawn out storyline of Sandra Oh, who honestly probably has a, 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 at least a strong claim for being like the primary character in what's ostensibly an ensemble piece as much as, as Patrick is. I mean, like her journey of like just literally trying to get home so they can commit mutual suicide. Everybody. <laughs> ah, what a party. Um, and she whips out the gun uh, like right at the end. And it's such a, um, I mean, she screams, I got a gun at somebody, but you assume like, Hey, maybe she doesn't actually have a gun. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, but to, she uh, finally, uh, she whips out the gun and it's such like a shocking moment. Cause she's like, no, I've got the, like what I've been walking around with all day and trying not to let people steal. Yeah. That's, that's two guns. And we're going to just, you yeah. know, and those guns are fucking here. <laughs> yeah. It, it's little like, frankly overpowered for the task but like <laughs> hey all right hey, you respect. gotta be sure you gotta be sure <laughs> right you don't exactly yeah you don't want and then to. these I and bounced then off these... my skull and i'm still alive for another two minutes and all then right. these losers don't even pull the trigger they don't even <laughs> but I, but i think that her Spoiler. arc is 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 fantastic because you there's kind of because the whole time you're like what what is it she that's in this this uh carrying case of hers like what what is she so like protective of what is it and then you're like you're like left to kind of wonder about it and and like why she goes to such lengths to protect it and it's like oh right that makes sense which uh also it's like a japanese thing too because in japan in the uh, Edo period uh it was uh there were uh, basically these guys who go to door-to-door -door salesmen selling books about how like uh of these love stories of these two people who couldn't uh, be lovers in in our world so they commit suicide together and become lovers in the afterlife and this was uh, became like a theme. You can you can find it in a lot of Japanese cinema, um, uh, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, so I kind of wonder. Well, uh, I mean, they they touch on that in uh, in Mishima. There's the one story that he writes about the two about the the girl that just keeps giving him cuts or whatever, and then they kill each other yeah. at the end of it. But yeah, that, that's all where I came out of was uh, the the these uh, you know the basically like like trash stories um, you know of the, of that period uh, you know like trash novels, but. Yes, uh, but I think it's it's notable too that like 
She's not going around, hey, everybody, I'm going to snuff it. Like, she's not, you know, hey, no. here's the thing I'm doing. Here are the reasons why I'm doing it. Here's the soliloquy of why. Like, you're just like, you don't know her motivations. But it's like, it's like you get like a sentence. Maybe. And I think yeah. that that's, that's so much more realistic. Uh, Which know. is also probably why she's like, make me love you. You know, uh, at Which the is end incredible. Of she, want, she wants to, she wants to kill herself with her lover. And if she can't yeah. do that, she still wants to kill herself because whatever's going to happen is probably terrifying. I mean, I, you know, probably the flash from fucking book of Eli or something like what, what, what was it? It's like a make, make me love you. It won't take much or something along those lines. It's uh, I can't remember exactly the quote, but like, it, it was like, I was like, Oh, and, and, oh. he still, and he still stutters his way through it. He's still like, yeah, he's, he's still like, cause it's classic, classic Patrick. <laughs> he still, still kind of blows it. And, he has like, no game. And yeah, no, like, I, I like, I like that. He like kind of works up the courage and he's finally like, you can spend your last moments here. Uh, you know, like, like, I wasn't asking you for that. And then I was asking like, for something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Oh, 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 but, but then it like, what is it? It's like, shoot you. I hardly know you. <laughs> We just met today, girl. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I could do all that. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's such a great line, just as if like the familiarity will help with the shooting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, I know. Yeah, we're old buddies. I'll shoot you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Is that we, how they do it well, in Canada? And it's. I mean, but it's also similar to like you know he gets propositioned from his friend, and his re reaction is like, oh well, if you had asked me earlier, I could have worked it out in my mind. Right. Like, well, it's, it's exactly. the it's the carefulness of Patrick's, uh, you know, I guess ethical and uh, I guess what whatever like personality. Like it, it's he's a very deliberate thing. guy. It has to be kind of socialized to him. He has to kind of ruminate on it, extended brain. and and clearly like. Even though he's given a lot of thought to the fact that there's this impending doom happening, like his his thoughts on that are like he doesn't want to be like in a social setting. He doesn't want to be at you know, his parents' prayer group. He doesn't even want to be a fake Christmas, clearly, but he does it <laughs> because like out of like some obligation to his family and loved ones. Yeah, the one person he wants isn't there. Exactly. And and that's and I think when you again and, and when you start when the movie starts off like wow this guy's a dick and then you're like oh okay because but it's so funny because when Sandro's character is like what's up with these like kindergartner drawings on here like you know with the implication like are you some kind of like freak like what's your deal and then it's like oh no that was like if you look at them it's like they're yeah all, well like, she first thought it was get better and like yeah yeah and then then after that there's an awkward moment and then it's, but then you see it's like oh it's all these get better art pieces by her kids for when she was dying which is like oh, the, the, that's crazy, why the crazier like, thing is that uh tracy wright who plays the uh girl that's like a virgin in this mm -hmm. um is like the longtime collaborator of uh of Don keller and she passed away uh, like a little while like i don't know like a couple decades later 2010 of pancreatic cancer and they had gotten married oh, they got married really? like three months before that or something so that they could no say, cause they were because they were together i guess for a long time but hadn't tied the knot and then she found out she was dying so he like yeah, she's, really she's in uh she's in like me and you and everyone we know uh she's she's in a she's in a couple things she's she's like a she's a she's a that girl that chick whatever I don't yeah know. Well, what's, what's a that guy his... equivalent that gal sure that gal she's a that she was in all of his uh movies i get like that was yeah. his main person that he um collaborated with because it was his partner Damn, that's messed up. Age 50. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Pancreatic cancer. You don't think of like women of dying of that as much, I feel like, as you do of men dying of that. Like we get the tests or whatever. 
Hello. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, that's my that's my buddy Crates. That that's his DJ name. There you go. So Crates, I think. So, <laughs> Bill, and, Bill and Ted's bogus journey was on the television the other night. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'll watch like the back third of this right on. <laughs> what an insane sequel, by the way. Like, like of, of like up there with like Gremlins 2 and like Aliens as, as, as far as like, okay, let's do something totally different now. Like, let's. Army of Darkness. As, yes. Army of Darkness, another good one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is not a movie you can make a sequel to. <laughs> this is pretty definitively the end. Well, you could you could do it like uh, um, a quiet, like the the quiet Earth, I guess, and you could have him be the last person that's left and just kind of be wandering around. Oh, Canada, we, like... we do the quiet Earth, but it's Canadian this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what's the market like the? I, I would look. I'd watch John McKellar do that. That, that guy's the great actor. That, that'd be awesome. I want. Like, I want to. I want a Canadian... John McKellar. Yeah, let's go for it. I want a Canadian version of uh, the Quiet Place. Where they, it's no trouble at all to like not make any noise. They're just really polite about the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry. My apologies. And then the guy gets. <laughs> I so okay. Uh, I think that the interconnected weaving of the stories is pretty fascinating. I mean, we touched on the French teacher, but that's got to be one of the most incredible interactions, right? Because because yeah. you're like, at first you're like. Why hmm, are you there to? And th but then, like, there's this kind of like, she's so, she's at one time, she's not the least bit awkward. She's very, like, comfortable in who she is. But, like, as that unfolds, it's Colin Keith Rennie's character. It's Craig that's like, feels kind of like weird and kind of like, you know, kind of like, like, oh, this is bizarre. Right. And, and the way that she puts <laughs> it, so, like, matter of fact, like, I'm happy you called me up. I know, yeah. I know how you how you felt about me now, and it's like, and he's like, "Oh, this is not all the other interactions." Expect this at all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a French. I mean, he's not like he called up his Spanish teacher, or, you know, or his math teacher, or like yeah. you know, it's very. It's French has a connotation to it. I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I took German, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you call up your German teacher because you have a humiliation fetish. <laughs> Get yelled at. Um, but I, yeah, like it's it's wild that like how that plays out is sort of like she doesn't quite make it easy for him. You know what I mean? She doesn't go out of the way to like make him feel comfortable about it. And I kind of I kind of love that because it kind of tells you more about her character that way of just like, you know, like, no, she knows exactly who she's like when she kind of like bust chops with the uh, with Patrick in, in the hallway. Like it's it's you know. Sort do, of you, like, do you remember any of any of your French? Yeah, and he could have. He literally could have just said nope, and that would have been. And she would have been like, ah, oh, disappointing. But like, it's like, oh yeah, show me. Like, oh fuck, dude, why did you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that whole scene reminded me. Uh, one time, my kid was like, uh, "Wait, they speak can? Uh, they speak French in Canada?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Talk like a French Canadian, right?" <laughs> oh. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just know they exist. Uh, I think that. Well, oh, I was gonna way earlier on give uh, props for the the bumper music for the for the intro for uh, including uh, what is it? Guantanamera. Yes. <laughs> Which is a total jam, right? Yes. Uh, but plays a large 
role in the in the film as well. Yeah, uh, I find it strange that that there's uh, not too many Canadian bands in this uh, Canadian movie because like Randy Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> BTO baby but but like uh you know usually like Canada is very uh self-obsessed with like their music and culture yeah and, and trying to uh you know especially whenever it's trying to be Canadian um because like uh th there's this uh, fun group called a uh, fun movie called suck uh about uh, a band that uh gets turned into vampires and uh so so they um and it's a it's made in Canada. It's got Iggy Pop uh, making a cameo in it. The drummer from Rush is in it. it it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Alice Cooper is a vampire. Like like you know, it, it's it's a good. Uh, no, he's it's playing fun. himself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, um, like all the musical references in that were specifically Canadian uh, because it was a Canadian yeah. Movie. How about Sloan? What the hell? Yeah. Why did you call yeah. him Man Murph? So Sloan was like at the top of their like uh, it was like, you know, like arguably their most popular. Like, yeah. yeah, damn. Yeah. So missed opportunity. Get McKellar yeah, on the no, phone. I, just, <laughs> I mean, I get I get the, the joke about the the uh, the DJ just playing whatever he, the hell he wanted to, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just surprised that like that you know like where's Gordon Lightfoot? Where's uh? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you could you could do you could do some some deeper <laughs> deeper cuts and or uh more shallow cuts i suppose as well but i think yeah uh so it's forced you you jumped off for a minute but i was, I was talking about the uh the good usage in the bumper of the one like like yeah like that like that's a plays a large role in the fact that like everyone's doing this big like I don't know, what, do you, what do you call that kind of thing like where everyone's like hanging out and like singing and shit like a jam other, other yeah, than my nightmare, but yeah, yeah they're doing a massive. <laughs> I think it's just a massive jam. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jam my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 somebody busts Bob Marley and off myself before the sun goes supernova. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. Personal preference. That, sorry. <laughs> as someone that's really, really into Pete Seeger, as everybody knows. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I like, have no idea. Yeah, no, that whole interaction was really funny when he, you know, when they're upset. Oh yeah. Uh, he tells them that Pete Seeger was a socialist, and they're like. <laughs> Why'd you have to make it Pete's political? <laughs> I mean, See, I, I stole your joke right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that that whole interaction is funny, and I think it's funny that he keeps talking about Pete Seeger like throughout the entire thing. That's his. Uh, that's his yeah. big music big thing. Which same. I mean that that's that's me in the apocalypse. Flo, do you <laughs> have any uh, thoughts on? On the music and last on night. fucking Pete Seeger. No, I don't. I don't think I know any <laughs> Pete Seeger songs actually. <laughs> well, but I, I feel like he's like. It's established that Patrick is a music fan, and I think that that's important because if it's not high fidelity, it's not a thing people discuss. And 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 as someone that, again, despite my abject disdain for white dudes enjoying Bob Marley, uh, I, I I am a huge music fan. I mean, obviously, I play music too, but like I I. You know, like it's it's never as big a part of people's lives unless it's something like Baby Driver, where it's like that's the thing. That's like, the, you know, the, the, the raison d'etre. And it's it's cool to see that depicted. The fact that like he's got, you know, a very specific, he's got a very specific set of tastes. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally Googling Pete Seeger songs over here. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like alphabetizing his uh, CD collection, you know, like, like the world's yeah, going like, to end. Like, why are you bothering to do that? 
Like, I mean, I, 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 I can see, I can see doing that if, like, uh, I don't know, if some people survive, or whatever or it is. No, but like, if well, some people survive, whatever it is, or like, you know, aliens yeah, come down, you, you need to like, find your Pete Seeger uh, CDs. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 can, you could be the. the digital <laughs> you can pull the correct one out so to that. be like, here's the one you need to listen to, Alien. <laughs> okay, so I did, I did a little, I did a little reviewing, and I think it's very funny that they got this fucking guy a Pete Seeger record when he was like eight or nine, according to those. Um, uh, home videos that the grannies were watching. Um, so they did that to him. It's clear they made him. They that is such an important visual cue to tell you that they very definitively made him what he is, and they have no one to blame but themselves for their relationship with him. Um, and that and, reminds and me, the, of, like him needing ahead. everything to be carefully planned out. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I thought about that during this conversation. Like for him to need everything kind of uh, spelled out to him beforehand seems like it does come from that very quiet Canadian, like. Uh, you know they're they're like they're like well we're gonna do it like it's Christmas and you know maybe settle down like I, I, I like say. I like the line where he's like he's like in this family we have a rule uh, we don't kill like we don't kill people or whatever like <laughs> I gotta say not having any Canadians on for this episode is really not the representation win I was hoping for it's quite the flex yeah I, I guess I could have called could have called Chris Murphy and he could have told us why Sloan wasn't in it yeah yeah. <laughs> Do we have other Canadians that are, that are in our orbit? I guess oh yeah, we got Jay Hutch. Jay Hutch, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a few I could probably uh, dig up uh, that, that I know. I don't. Um, it's funny because this is such a Canadian movie, but I don't think of it as being like, oh, this is the most Canadian movie ever. I wonder if Canadians are hearing. I said the most. All of well, you. Oh, saying. I meant I meant most Canadian apocalypse movie ever, but I didn't want to write apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long word. <laughs> And you're gonna look like a real doofus. Yeah, no, no. Talk. Men with Brooms is the most Canadian movie ever made. Uh, it's about curling. Mm, okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there, there, there you go, everybody. That's that's some more information for you to put down. And the board. he explains. <laughs> and he explains. I'm not gonna bother doing the thing. It's not, oh okay. yeah, it's at the moment. Is- <laughs> <laughs> moon, Com- moon conf is uh is what they were feeling when the, the stopping nighttime forever and the sun yeah yeah <laughs> but i think yeah it's 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 so what do we know and i'm saying as i'm saying this i don't know this like this he made this for this like international thing of like hey make a bunch of movies about it, uh you know in, in collaboration with with the rest of the uh the world like what other movies we're, we're in that grouping do we know I don't, I don't know, know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll look it up. Um, I don't like I don't know if Bob were, and Doug like, McKenzie. Yeah, where was the Bob and Doug McKenzie representation last night? <laughs> Pete Seeger wrote the song given to Bill and Ted to save the universe. Prove me wrong. Yep, many people think it's Kiss. It's actually Pete Seeger. That's not true. <laughs> I, I do think it's interesting that he started this in 1989 uh, when there was actually a big solar flare coming uh, to, to Earth that, that did disrupt, uh, you know, bounced off of our uh, magneto- magnetosphere um, and, and uh, just uh, interrupted uh, some communication satellites. But uh, th- there were a group of people thinking that the world was going to end and uh, back in 89, whenever that happened. So, okay, so, so I can see that's the... probably where the, uh, the, the, the kernel for this movie came from. So uh, Hal Hartley's uh, The Book of Life. Oh, cool! I like Book of Life. It's it's like mid mid tier Hal Hartley, but that's a good that's a good movie. Um, here, let me just throw this on on screen. There's a bunch of them. There's in fact ten of them. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that. There's I was gonna keep yeah, that to so myself. Yeah, so it's uh, it's two thousand seen by 
is the name of the um so Hal Hartley representing the US, actually very apropos choice for 90s, because Hal Hartley, that was Hal Hartley's sort of golden period. Um Frankfurt Millennium. I don't know who that is. Let's see. Does anyone know who any of these people are? Boy. I thought I thought it was cosmopolitan. I don't know who any of these freaking people are. La Primera Noche de Muvida. I like uh I like the those are like the words I know in Spanish. Akito, uh, a Japanese dude sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, that Japanese dude sounds familiar. <laughs> what you mean, the Taiwanese uh, dude? I don't see Taiwanese. I'm sorry, I, I'm like trying to read the. That's name. why it's funny because it's in that Italian, like borderline racist accent. I thought you were doing a bit. What's <laughs> what a bit now? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Just take credit for it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know any of these. No, no. I wonder if they're any good. So, uh, well, I know each, Book of Life. Each film, of each film was uh, made to be about an hour long, made for the cost of four to five million francs by promising directors. How promising can they really be, I guess? Well, I mean, look, it was different times, right? I mean, every, everybody kind of thought that Hal Hartley was going to have like a a career, you know, along the lines of like uh, the Coens or something for, for a while. I mean, he was like pretty, yeah. pretty well-known commodity. Oh, well, uh, PJ Harvey's in the book of life. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. Uh, when I first saw uh, usual suspects, I thought that uh, Brian Singer was going to be the next uh, um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And boy, was yeah. I wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, he was the Alfred Hitchcock of uh, inappropriate behavior. If you ask yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was the Alfred Hitchcock of inappropriate behavior. So mm, yeah, not as bad as Brand Singer. No, but... <laughs> pretty bad though. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. But, but, but uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, uh, you know, so, so we can all have bad calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to say, Letterboxd, everybody. Letterboxd is a uh, place for film lovers to talk at, with, and to each other about the movies they love, the movies that they didn't love, the movies that were so Canadian they wonder why Sloan weren't in it. Uh, of course, this is best expressed, uh, you know, bottom-up democracy, no Siskels, no Eberts. Everyone gets to have their say. Uh, keep it succinct. Keep it tight. Uh, working a tight five in front of the, uh, the brick wall at the Comedy Story. Uh, these here... I letterboxed one-liners for last night. Really into the idea that if you know the end of the world is coming, of course you have to have dinner with your parents and like your sister's shitty boyfriend. <laughs> he he seems like a nice enough guy. I mean, he was in and out of the picture, I guess. Yeah. Well, that that was his biggest complaint, right? That like, yeah. you know, he came, he came back when the world was ending and you know, maybe didn't have better prospects. But hey, handy with the He could have made a whole list. You know what I mean? And uh he chose, <laughs> he chose, he chose to settle. You never settle. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that seemed to be like his biggest complaint. Uh, yeah. I would cancel all my plans for someone to kiss me like that instead of mutual suicide. <laughs> you, only, you only have that one plan <laughs> if, if you're committing mutual suicide. <laughs> Fair enough, but we would cancel all of them, all one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, I think that's sweet. Let's not let's not trash hot. Who amongst us hasn't run into our old French teacher coming from a booty call with an old classmate and been forced to greet her on français? <laughs> <laughs> Who amongst us? Really? 
No, I've never took French, so that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> Average Tuesday. I, I took German. Yeah, well, sprechen Sie Deutsch? Well, so you, you see a German teacher walk out and you say, nine, 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 nine. <laughs> if I had six hours left, I would watch the Snyder Cut. Tommy, that's you need to saddest, re-examine That's you. the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. I thought this movie was sad. God, that review is sad. Yeah, that, that, that just made me... I, I would not want to do the double suicide. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm a double suicide after I do this bit. <laughs> I want you to shoot me. I hardly know you. <laughs> Call that Shooter. out earlier. I forgot that. Shooter. I hardly know her. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good. Pete Seeger's a socialist. What <laughs> <laughs> was your first clue? I would also give up my last night of God-given solitude to help Sandra O oh find a car. Oh. You got to help her find the car. You know? Yeah, it seems seems important. So it was important. <laughs> Absolutely. That one teacher is off the charts supportive of her former students. <laughs> <laughs> How does that have two likes? That's great. <laughs> That's so good. Just there. No rating, but yeah. I want David Cronenberg to call me up before the world ends. He doesn't even have to talk about gas. You know, he can talk about whatever he wants. Whatever. Just whatever's on his mind. (laughs) Great background for this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Currently getting myself into such a stress, trying to narrow down which films I'd watch if I knew the world was ending in six hours. So many people, like, are going out watching 12's Letterbox, but, like, I feel like I'd want to do something I've never done before, like, make a whole list. and (laughs) Until the end of the world, one and one quarter time. <laughs> Thank you. Long game. You get up for a bathroom break and then you realize like you're not gonna make it to the end of till the end of until the end of the world. You're like, ah fuck. Yeah, you watch until the end of the world at the end of the world. Right? <laughs> that's the joke. That's the joke. My kink is David Cronenberg saying, You bad girl. <laughs> she just likes that little drinky at work. It's, it's, it's good, it's a good delivery, too. Those are the letterbox one-liners for last night. Please, please, please follow the show on Letterboxd. That's uh, your host, Forrest, there. Most Canadian movie ever. Uh, Movie Night Extravaganza. Uh, Follow me. I am Kona Neutron. I'm all over that biz. High, brow, mid-tier. Sometimes I'll even remember to log a movie. Uh, And, of course, we have uh, J. Andrew, end of the world, eh? Uh, Watching all the weirdest stuff so you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. I don't know. Who are we to judge? He's he's either way he's doing it, so you can choose to observe it or not. It's like the Heisenberg principle. Yeah. Uh, Flo, do you have a? I, I don't think it's not compulsory, and this is not peer pressure. Do you have a letterbox account that I should be plugging as well? Or no? Absolutely fucking not. Okay. Well, <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn. All right. That that is authoritative as the French teacher in that hallway. Frankly, oh, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I barely know what a letterbox is. Is that a Twitter just for movies? It sounds awful. It, it's it, it is without the toxicity. Yeah. Uh Jander World. We're, I'm done with this. Jander World, take it away with plugs, please. All right. You're watching <laughs> us on YouTube right now. So please do those YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. And the big ask is watch this video to the end because not only do you get to hear the uh great Kona Neutron song there. But you also get uh, to help us find uh, other movie uh, people. And I've just tripped over every single word of that sentence. Uh, I wasn't that even interrupting you. Algorithm. Too. I was being so good. I was just, I was just yes. like, I'm just going to let him go. It helps the algorithm. <laughs> uh, it helps us in the algorithm 
for movie. It helps you find other movie people. Is that really? Is that really what you said? Like, what is that? Key grips? Who are we looking? Like, what kind of movie people? <laughs> it helps guy. me find a sound guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best boy grip is uh, Johnny on it. Uh, what? <laughs> it helps you find somebody who can be better cue cards than what I have. <laughs> Stuntman? Like, I don't know. Like, what, what kind of movie? Oh, whatever. <laughs> we're 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 trapped in a cycle where until I get paid, you know, until I get paid off the show, I can't pay Andy to come up with better cue cards, and he can't. Come <laughs> He's got to keep reusing them. Just and they're not good, away. folks. They're not good. <laughs> it's like been written over a million times. Like he he has a dry erase board, but he uses sharpie. <laughs> All plugs yeah. and no play make Andy a dull boy, and it's just I, that written out thousands of times. Respect, because I did that once and it sucked. I was like, oh my god, that wasn't a dry erase marker. Jesus, it's ruined. <laughs> but but uh, if you're following us on things too, also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, Mastodon. Mastodon. Are we on? Uh, not quite. I, jo- I joined it this week. We're, we're, we're getting know. there. We're getting closer. Uh, not Truth Social because Truth Social won't let me join. So retruth this, bitch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we, we you know we're out there on your your favorite social media sites. Uh, so and even us. your not favorite ones, apparently. I don't yes, know. Uh, I am on Gitter. Um, I should probably put uh, movie and extravaganza on Gitter. Uh, it's, sure. It's horrible. It's boring. It's just yeah. Oh, you're really selling it. What is this? Is that, is, it the, is that the liberal one? It's the conservative one. No, no, oh. it's it's the one before True Social. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you could you could tell me it's like where you get your pizza delivered, and I would have believed you. Yeah, like, all for right. No I got more followers on Gitter than I do on Twitter, and, and I don't even use it. So uh, maybe I should start plugging uh, stuff over there. You gotta start. Uh, you gotta start plugging us on maybe. Grindr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there's a lot of that going on. But yeah, uh, while, while you're on Grinder, make sure you stop by our Patreon. <laughs> Good recovery. Yes. <laughs> it's like, how's it going to get home after that? Also, something said on Grinder a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you uh, help really us out, really topical humor here. That actually really does help us out uh, a lot. Uh, we thank you for uh, all of our patrons. And, and one of the bonus features is you get to have after parties forever. Uh, after party forever. forever. Uh, I think uh, Randy Bachman wrote that one, right? Yes. No, no, no. It was Pete Seeger. Yes. Pete Seeger at least cataloged it. <laughs> no after party tonight. I think we're doing it on Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm going in for like a root canal tomorrow. I'm fucking not excited for that. I feel like I'm going in for a root canal. Listening to the plugs. Me too. <laughs> well, it's okay. They're about to get really good for you because. Uh, oh yeah, now now I'm interested. Is it mine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you have protonic reversal, which is I a do have protonic reversal. Thank you. Yes, I, I do my best. Yeah. Uh, who who's coming up uh, this week? This is the uh, uh, every year I do a favorite records of the year show, oh. and uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be this week. I'm not. I don't say anything about what they are, but I pl- I play like one song from each which usually gets a copyright strike from youtube and um yeah it's it's uh it's a good opportunity to find out the records that i've been listening to uh the most this year and uh, some people seem to get some value out of it some people just skip it and wait until someone they know comes on the show so this is your version of uh you know the last whatever the top yeah the dj in yeah. last night yeah absolutely yeah 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 it's absolutely 100 100 yeah yeah no good 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 callback um and uh <laughs> what we do here Bandcamp, uh neutron friends is uh yes. neutron uh 
Conan's Neutron. <laughs> There's two no, of them now. It's it's Andy's world. Yeah, it's it's Andy's whole world. These plugs. <laughs> At least I went somewhere with it. I was like Conan's Neutron. What does that mean? I have called out Conan's Neutron. And our good friend uh, Jerry Proton, you know, like yeah, 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 exactly. Let's get them all in here. <laughs> what are they up to? Nothing. Great. Ian, Ian yeah. Electron. Let's let's call them all in. Yes, the neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. There you go. And it recovers, folks. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, get some uh get some coded music. It is almost Christmas, so y'all y'all need to get on that. Um, you know, get those late presents. You know, people still want his music, even if it's late for Christmas. Yes, or t-shirts, which do make a great gift. I didn't, didn't put the magnets up, but I still have them right next to me. Uh, you know, there's actually a couple orders that need to go out. I keep forgetting about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is your reminder. Please send out those orders. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they're, they're probably not going to make it for Christmas. People, sorry. I, love, I always throw in some extra crap if I do that, which I'm usually pretty on it, but this has been a rough month. So, But uh, you do have one more show uh, this month. And that's uh, December 30th. We do Chicago. Yeah, that should that should be good with Ghost Forest, Interesting Bricks and uh, wait, wait, Ghost Forest, go, Ghost Ghost Forest. Yes, is the name of the band. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jim Kimball from Laughing Hyenas and the Jesus Lizards, uh, a new band. And um, nice. Yeah, it should be good. I think Ray Vaughn coming out to that. Maybe Kenzo. We'll see. Um, yeah, we got we got some there's some stuff on deck, but. Nothing I'm, nothing I'm gonna announce until like probably January. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's wait till the next month. We should announce our uh, our Friday episode. Want to do the honors for that? We should. Should we wait for the plugs to be over, or do I do it now? Well, I mean, since we're you know, since we're kind of playing, well, well, you should you should turn your camera I... off for that then. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Let, let me let me let me do this. What are we doing, Forrest? <sighs> yeah, we are talking about the Book of Eli with uh you know with Gary Witta who who uh wrote it. So we Welcome have the, the screenwriter for that, and he also uh, helped develop Rogue One and like a bunch. He of wrote other it. He wrote. Right. He wrote Rogue One. Yeah. He and he wrote the, uh, the. There's a comic book adaptation of it. He also did a comic called Death Junior. It's pretty great. He does a show on uh, Animal Crossing, the video game called Animal Talking. That's incredibly popular. <laughs> like he's a he's a <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Kids know dude. about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Tell 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 like your kids, kids we're having the dude from Animal until Talking. Until I mentioned on. that, they're like, oh, right. what? <laughs> like, oh, Animal Talking, real shit. Yeah, <laughs> now you guys have hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Gary's a fascinating, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I've not seen him in like literal years, but yeah, he, he's so. I think that's first time we've had a writer of the movie. We had Michael Layman on for Heather's, who directed, mm -hmm. and we had Kira, who did the ADR. But we've had a, have, have we had a writer on? I don't think we have. No, no, we've had a we've had the director. You know, we've had actors on. We've had yeah. yeah. We, we're working be our cool. way through. We're going to have a best way with The key grip is going to get his time. Yeah, I was, that was going to be my, that was gonna be my <laughs> reference. I was going to say, I can't wait till we get a grip on there. <laughs> I got something you can grip right here. Anyway. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to the Foley artist of... Uh... It's his penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till we're in the... Uh, wait, wait till we're all in that, uh, you know, the list room for that. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no after break tonight, so I'm getting all out now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to be Friday. By, by, uh, by all that, he means his penis. Exactly. Uh, did we did we mention? <laughs> so I had a closing. Oh, we're up. This is, we're almost done here. It's fine. I was going to say Jerry Casali from Devo uh, for Don't Look Up to next week. That's the last. Yeah, that's the last show of the uh, of the. So I think of, Flo, of the, uh, year. 
did you have any plugs for for us flow this is where Andy no don't do follow that. me i'm good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will say though um ch check out her uh great graphic novel no um... it's good don't don't bother okay okay that's fine uh but yeah no it is a good book uh <laughs> i won't all right <laughs> i guess uh and, and just uh you know christina's not here but uh if you want to buy our coffee go to coffee dot uh or Kofi, as it's spelled out, K-O-F-I uh, dot com slash cosmopolitics, and uh, buy our coffee. There you go. There you go. Oh, uh, and uh, there's a couple hours left. You can still get issue two of Darudi, uh, Shadow of the People. Uh, get my cover for uh, for issue two. Issue one is still available, but my cover for issue one is sold out. But you can get it as a poster. All right. So if you want to right. serve that, we'll get it. Sounds good. Flo, do you have any final thoughts about uh, about this movie? Um, I loved it. Um, I'm glad that I picked Aww. it because I really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching it on the YouTube rip. I thought I had um, extremely high points in doing visual storytelling as a means of like supplanting and also bouncing off of its extremely verbose and um, pacing, dragging down. Uh, monologuing at times, which were often very stiff because I think it was a lot of early careers for some people. Um, and I can't get over the quintessence of that level of dread we would experience and specifically 1998 being expressed in voicemail specifically because yeah. even, by, even by 98 voicemails were already getting a little antiquated as a means of communication. So like that really rings true in a way that I think, you know, is even more dated now, but even then, would be considered dated because now it would just be mass emails, you know, or text messages or goddamn whatever and call it a day. Yeah, they but, showed like um, the early the early uh web page too where he's trying to get the Netscape level. navigator. It's Netscape. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, uh it was a delightful movie. I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought almost the point of this was for us to find like bad movies and rag on them, but I was like, hey, this one's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you get it. You get it. We, we we do have friends that have a podcast where you do that, but that's not that's not what happens here. Well, We're not good. here to promote that show. We're here to promote this show. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I think those that's that's super insightful. Thanks so much for coming on the show to, to oh, share absolutely. It's awesome. Um, Andy, you got some uh, some final thoughts? Yeah, I, I gotta say, uh, one of the things I, I really did like about this is the, um, you know, we, we mentioned briefly that this was shot digitally and had that early kind of grainy digital to it, but it works because that almost acts as an effect for the, uh, you know, for, for whatever the sun is doing that's going to kill us, whether it's a, uh, a solar flare or it's going to explode or whatever it is that's happening. It, it adds to the, uh, to the ambiance of that. So, um. I, I quite enjoyed that uh, aspect of it, and, and uh, which is why you didn't hear me complaining about uh, it being shot like on crappy. Digital, uh... <laughs> it's 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 part of the story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. It, it, they, they made it work, <laughs> and, and that that's that's fine. Whenever you you know you get something that doesn't, quite, you know, technology's not quite there, but but like you know you're working with it, and yeah, no, it works that way. So uh, yeah, like that's the yes. <laughs> <laughs> technology's not quite there but yeah all right <laughs> uh conan uh look this is a fantastically underrated bit of uh, canadian indie cinema i'm, I'm kind of surprised so few people know about it like i said i found it at a video store like the cool video store and i was super glad i did you know similar approach to magnolia and shortcuts and the fact there's a larger incorporated story but like much uh, smaller stories uh at small stakes for some of them i love that like you get to see how people spend their last 
time on Earth. Like Cronenberg's character, like is calling his customers from his energy company and personally <laughs> thanking them. That's amazing to me. Uh, and uh, Callum Keith Randy's character is going to have as many depraved and unique sex acts as possible, and good for him. Uh, you know, if you the, the Don McKellar's family gets their prey on, and that's what they want to do, great. You know, good for them. Uh, Randy Bachman holds a guitar clinic, and Sandra is just trying to get home. Uh, I think the key why this movie works and so many lesser movies fail is that the ennui and the low-key sadness that permeates the film is probably far truer than a lot of the more big-budget affairs. And I think that that's... Uh, it's grim. It's deeply hilarious. It's slow and subdued, for sure. And it's a very smart film. It does its best work without shouting and announcing any attempt at poignancy, which is what I like best about it. I'm really glad that we covered it. All right. And I'll say, screw you, Bruce Willis. Western Canada matters. <laughs> 